and welcome to episode number 206 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping passion-led online entrepreneurs and business owners learn how to use social media as a tool to grow your business. I'm your host, Andrea Jones, and I'm fiercely committed to helping you understand both the how and the why of social media marketing so that you can create connection, build community, and make your difference in the world. This podcast is brought to you by Sendable, which is the all-in-one social media platform and tool that my agency uses for scheduling posts and analyzing results, all things social. Try them out for yourself today by going to onlinedrea.com slash Sendable. And I'll put all of the links that we mentioned in today's episode in the show notes at onlinedrea.com slash 206. You can find them there. I have a super special guest today. It's going to be an exciting episode. But before I get into bringing her on, I do want to remind you that we have a free course. Yeah, free, free 99, 100% free. You can grab it at onlinedre.com slash free. And it really gives you the start to finish social media strategy that you need to get things jump started today. We have everything from planning to growing your social accounts. And we have some super sweet bonuses in there, like done for you captions, graphics, and more. This is the Costco sample version of what our program is like. So grab your sample, gobble it up, and check that out at onlinedrea.com slash free. Uh, Today on the show, I have Isabella, who is a straight shooting optimist. She's here to bring fun and authenticity to your dating life. Isabella has been impacting an audience on a global scale through her relationship writing and modeling her psychological expertise into actionable dating guidance. She completed her MA while traveling the world. She's a natural researcher, risk taker, and problem solver. So she combines these skills with her creativity and intuition to help her clients find genuine people they can be themselves around. Yes, we all want that. She doesn't just help you fall in love. She also helps you fall in love with yourself. Isabella, Isi, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to talk about this topic and what you bring to the world. I mean, love. Everyone loves love. How did you fall into the love space? Yeah. So I was living in Budapest at the time and I just had kind of a mental breakdown. I was working as a freelance writer and um, that space was getting like really challenging, really saturated. A lot of it was being outsourced overseas. And I just had constant anxiety about not knowing what my income was going to be at the end of each month. So I kind of said to the universe, okay, I... I admit I hate my job. I hate what I'm doing. So hook me up with something else. Within hours um, at 3 a.m., I was kind of just like browsing the internet and I came across a job board called We Work Remotely. And there was a job posting for a matchmaking job. And, you know, I grew up with Patty Stinger. We, my best friend and I would go home every day after school and watch The Millionaire Matchmaker. So I saw this matchmaking job posting. I thought it was hilarious. I was like, okay, I'm going to apply as a joke. Probably nothing will come of it. That was at 3 a.m. And I heard back from them by 7 a.m. So, and then they hired me six days later. So that's kind of how I fell into it. I was already doing like dating blogging and that kind of thing. I was coming out of a really bad breakup. So I was blogging about dating um, kind of to process 
what had happened and those emotions. So it really just kind of melded together from there. And that was the beginning of this journey that I've been on in the dating industry. I love it. And I love that you don't just talk about the dating side, but you talk about actually liking and loving yourself and your own company, which I feel like is so important in this space. Um, how did you start shifting your, you know, from matchmaking into what you do currently today? Yeah. So matchmaking, there were kind of like a few things in the matchmaking industry that I felt could be improved upon. So one, a lot of matchmakers, I would say the majority of matchmakers are pretty old school. A lot of matchmaking companies still use paper and pen files. Like they, you know, they don't have anything digital going on. They have no social media presence. Um, and the second thing is recruiting the matches to go on dates with your clients. Um, so when I, w- when I was carrying my own client load, I had 54 matchmaking clients. So that was 54 people that I had to find a date for every single month. So you can imagine the amount of work that goes into, you know, sourcing those leads. If we're going to, you know, like talk a little bit more business, business lingo, sourcing all of those leads, qualifying the leads, interviewing them, picking which one is the best match for your client. Um, You know, it, it really ends up being like an 80 hour a week job when you bring in the aspect of needing to recruit. So And then on top of that, there's the coaching element. You know, you are a matchmaker, you're a dating coach, you are setting up the dates for your clients, you're finding the dates. You know, there's so many elements to this one job. And I felt that because recruitment was at least 50% of the time spent, it should be separated into two different jobs. So I, and with that, you know, I I loved social media. Um, I was just kind of getting started in exploring social media because I'd been against it for a really long time. And with matchmakers not really utilizing social media as a platform, I realized we can use social media to source potential dates for our clients. So I just decided to you know, leave that organization that I was with and go on my own doing recruitment for matchmakers and matchmaking companies and playing around with the idea of utilizing a social media presence to draw in potential matches for our clients. Mm, Yes. I love that. Using the community and the potential of social media to bring people in. Okay. So let's dive into your social strategy because when I saw your Instagram, I was like, gorgeous. We need to dive into this. Um, So what's the plan? Like, how do you plan out what you're going to do on Instagram? Um, Walk us through that process. Yeah. I mean, back to basics, you know, like when I first started my Instagram account, I didn't want, you know, I saw a lot of coaches that were starting their Instagrams and it just looked like a hot mess, like super pixelated pictures and like just, you know, grabbing any random graphic they saw on the internet and reposting it. And To me, I feel like as a coach, as a matchmaker, as a recruiter, Instagram is a living portfolio of the work that I can do. So that was kind of the perspective I took with it of like, okay, as a freelance writer, what did my portfolio look like? What does a graphic designer's portfolio look like? And I tried to translate that into being a coach, matchmaker, et cetera, et cetera. And I spent a lot of time up front. This was like several years ago now. And, you know, I I definitely was not an expert. Definitely I'm not an expert now, but I made a lot of different mood boards of like colors, textures, 
pictures of myself, pictures I pulled off the internet that I really liked. And I made, diff- I just made a bunch of different mood boards actually. And I tried to figure out what words connected them what themes, what textures and colors. Um, so I found that I really like warm tones. I like to keep it a little bit more simple. Um, you know, there's not a lot of primary colors there. Like it's like pinks and greens. There's a lot of texture, um, from nature because I, at the time was living in Florida and then I moved to the Caribbean and, you know, I was just in Brazil and I live in Mexico. So it's like a lot of greenery because that is how, I live my life and I felt like it was very reflective of my travels. And then also like, we're trying to grow something as dating coach, as a matchmaker, we're trying to grow your relationship. And this is all about growth. So for some reason, like that metaphor of plants just really resonated. Um, And then as far as like my week to week, not going to lie, just took a long Instagram break for the holidays. Um, But I do use, you know, like I use planner, I think is the app so that I can like frame everything out. I will say that app is pretty glitchy and they've deleted a lot of my posts. So it might be better to use like, I don't know, Planoly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We love Planoly here. Yeah. I'm switching over. I've just been like, you know, it's the holidays because yeah. Anyway, planner has been glitchy. Um, I like to edit my posts on um, Lightroom. I have no patience for making my own presets. So I've bought all of my presets off of Etsy. Um, and then, you know, I just like plan everything out. I realized maybe like two or three months ago when I was in Brazil, I wasn't posting while I was in Brazil, but I was paying attention a lot to my metrics that the posts that often get the most shares, which I personally think is the metric that is most important to me right now with like the algorithmic changes are the posts that are like carousels or just plain quotes that I've made on Canva. So I changed my grid to accommodate more of those posts so that I'm, I think maybe like one out of every three posts is a carousel or just a little graphic that I made myself. And um, I would say like another big change that happened several months ago is just like empowering myself to show more of my sense of humor. I was keeping it like pretty serious and heavy. Um, so making, you know, like memes and graphics on Canva that relay the information that I find important, but in a way that is like less of a bummer. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love a lot of what you said. And I want to dive into a few different elements because I like that you use a tool to help you plan out your posts. Um, How far in advance are you planning those posts? Yeah. So it depends because I'm, I'm not making content every week, you know, like I'm, I used to really, I have a camera, like I used to love going out and taking pictures, but it's just not practical with the way that my business has grown right now. So I will hire a photographer maybe like once every three months and take a bajillion pictures. And then I use those. So my content can be planned out as far in advance as every three months. That being said, you know, that's kind of like a a basic framework. Um, If I have a strike of inspiration or like a holiday is coming up or something like that, I can, I will go off, off the plan and like be a little bit more spontaneous. But generally I would say at least as far as like planning where the pictures go, you know, not every caption is perfect. Sometimes I'll just write in like one sentence, like, Hey, this post is going to be about X, Y, Z, but like the general framework, probably up to three months in advance. And then more specifics will be maybe like a week or two in advance. But you know, that being said, I could have a flash of inspiration right now, something that I want to write about, for, you know, like the end of summer. So I might plan that four months in advance, that kind of thing. 
Yeah. Okay. And then how do you decide, you know, this line between what's personal life and private and like what you're actually sharing on social media? A lot of people feel like, you know, we want to show up with a vulnerability. We want to show up with this sense of like realness and connection with our audience, but also we have things that are personal that we don't share on social. How do you balance that for yourself? Yeah. So there's actually not that much that's too personal for me. Um, Just like my personality and, you know, like having done like a lot of podcast interviews and kind of like the content being a lot around relationships, um, it gets pretty personal. But for me, I, I do see a lot of people posting on social media, like saying they're being quote unquote vulnerable. But in reality, I think what they're doing is just dumping their emotions and looking for validation from like their audience or whoever. So for me, I don't post something unless it's constructive. So if I'm going to share this like horrible dating story, like this time I went on a date with a guy I was seeing and he literally got a blowjob from a prostitute on the date. True story. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm not just going to like dump about that. Like it has, I have to have already processed my emotions around it so that I can share it in a way where I'm not going to get triggered by people's potential responses. And I'm also sharing it in a way where it's like, it's constructive. So there has to be a lesson that we're getting from that. I'm not just dumping this like crazy story that happened to me, but reframing it in a way that provides value to my audience and knowing that I've already done the work to process that so that it's not going to be like this chaotic explosion of emotion. Yeah. I think processing it is so important because it, you know, Social media feels like everyone's being so transparent and vulnerable. But when we're approaching this from the perspective of business owners, we do have to make sure that what we're sharing is aligned with our ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. And then that it's also helpful for the person on the other side, like consuming that information as well. Um, Okay. So you also mentioned the metrics you look at, which I love geeking out about the shares, Mm -hmm. like looking at people sharing your content. Yes. Um, You know, what are some of the other things that you look at and you go, wow, this is successful, or this is what I'm aiming for when it comes to, you know, producing social media content? Yeah. So, you know, I, Obviously, comments are a great way for two reasons. One, it's direct interaction, direct communication with your community. Two, a lot of the questions that people might ask in comments are going to be, I will use to write posts in the future because that gives me direct insight into what my audience wants to know more about. But but I still feel that shares are the best metric for me because it's one thing for someone to comment like heart, love this, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's another thing for someone to be like, oh my God, this is so valuable. I have to share this in my stories or I have to share this with my friend. And I I actually don't do a lot of call to actions that are like share with a friend, blah, blah, blah. Um, I do every once in a while, but not so often. So when I get a post that a hundred people share, I'm like, whoa, this really resonated deeply that enough people were like, I have to share this. And as far as, you know, some of the stuff that's going on with the algorithm, I don't do paid ads personally for a number of reasons. But when I have a post that takes off and a bunch of people share, that's where most of my followers come from. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's the key to growth going into this year and kind of looking into the upcoming years. It's all about that community experience. And it's all about word of mouth marketing, which is essentially what you're leaning into. Um, speaking of your community, what would you say has been the biggest kind of driver for growth in the past couple of years? 
Oh, definitely podcasts, you know, like getting outside of just trying to grow on Instagram and getting on podcasts, you know, focusing on my blog, doing a little bit of Pinterest. I'm lazy with Pinterest. I'm going to be honest. I don't like it as much as Instagram, but um, I definitely have seen growth come from those places as well. Mostly from podcasting, but definitely Pinterest as well. Do you see yourself uh, doing any of the up and coming trends? Like, are you going to hop on TikTok perhaps? I tried and I just hated it. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm not, I'm the opposite of an early adopter. I'm like, you have to drag me into adopting new things. I just started reels like four four or five months ago. And I was like, oh, this is fun. Why did I resist this so much? So that's definitely one of my issues with social media is that I, I hate jumping onto like new platforms, new trends. I'm so slow to adopt anything new. Yeah. And it feels like things are constantly changing. So I don't, I don't judge you on that at all uh, because it is a heavy lift. Um, so talk to me a little bit about boundaries then, you know, when it comes to social media, it's so easy to spend all day like scrolling. Um, so how do you maintain your own like sanity and use this tool as a tool to grow your business? Yeah. I mean, Instagram is so fun and inspiring and creative, but there are some very serious downsides. So I empower myself to take breaks. Um, you know, I have a general plan of like, okay, I'm going to post this many times a week, but if it's not aligned with where I'm at energetically, or if something else has come up business-wise that's taking precedence over that, or maybe I just like off the flu, like whatever. Um, I don't psychologically punish myself for not posting enough. I do show up in stories every day, unless I'm on like a very strict Instagram fast. So, but do I show up on my feed every day? Absolutely not. I don't, I don't have anyone else working on my social media team. So that's just not feasible for me. And then I do take social media breaks. I will completely delete it off my phone. I think I've gone, I think the longest I've gone is like three weeks or so without touching Instagram at all. And I think it's really good to refresh and for mental health, but it's also good creatively because when you're like so immersed in other people's content, you can lose your voice and your own image of what you're trying to create. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with the creative piece. Sometimes when I get super stuck, I like to just go outside and really be away from all of the technology. And that sort of break can really give you that spark of information. It's almost like when you're in the shower and you get inspired by something because there's literally nothing else and your your brain is finally processing all of those ideas. So definitely, definitely agree. Um, Okay. Talk to us about what's coming next for your business. Yeah. So, you know, I think like business coaches and social media coaches must hate me because I'm like, yeah, I don't really plan things. It just happens. (laughs) But um, I, you know, like my first priority with everything in my life and in my business is my own alignment. So doing my inner work first and then everything else flows from that. So right now I'm doing some like heavy lifting around like my own avoidancy issues and um, just like, you know, some like triggers that came up over the holidays. And that's kind of my focus. And I find as I clear these psychological blocks within myself, my business naturally kind of grows and changes. Um, So, but as ever, you know, my business is helping matchmakers find dates for their clients. So 
it's always just about finding those singles who are really serious about meeting their person or ready to try something new. Working with a matchmaker, I think, is like definitely a unique thing that we don't necessarily think about. We usually think like, oh, let me jump on Bumble or whatever. And this is why I was so passionate about bringing this forward on social media because I had so many friends who didn't want to be on dating apps, but they didn't know there was an alternative or they knew about matchmaking because I was a matchmaker, but they didn't want to hire a matchmaker themselves. And I was like, well, there's a free way to work with matchmakers because every matchmaker needs dates for their clients. So since the client is paying, the matchmaker doesn't charge the date. It's always free for them. So I was like, let me connect all of these people, especially women who are looking for an alternative to online dating, but don't necessarily want to hire a matchmaker themselves with matchmakers who desperately need matches for their clients. It's like win-win. Yes. And all using the power of the internet, which I love because it's like, it really opens up all of your options and possibilities. Um, I mean, I found my husband on YouTube, so I just like super happy about. How did you reach out to him on YouTube? Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like we're doing this podcast episode. We did like a YouTube video together. And then afterwards I was like, I like your eyes. They're cute. And then the rest is history. Bold (laughs) move. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're single, you can treat social media like catalog shopping for a husband. If you have the guts to reach out to them. There you go. I love it. I love it. This has been so good, Izzy. Thank you so much for this interview. Lots of gems dropped. Um, Tell us how people can find you. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Izzy Living. It's I-S-S-Y-L-I-V-I-N-G. And my website is the same, IzzyLiving.co. Perfect. And I'll put those links in the show notes. Y'all check them out. OnlineDrea.com slash 206. Oh, and I forgot to mention, if you want to work with Izzy, she does have a free resource. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So my free resource is my private matchmaking database. So anyone anywhere in the world who's single can join. Totally free, totally confidential. And that makes you eligible to be set up on a date with one of my matchmaking uh, colleagues with one of their clients. Oh, that's juicy. I love it. Check out the database. I'm going to put that link in the show notes again, onlinedrea.com slash 206. Thank you, Issy. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you, dear listener, for tuning into this episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. If you love it, head on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Give us a five-star review. Let us know you appreciate and love the show. Also, send me a DM on Instagram at OnlineDrea. I love a good voice DM. Let me know what your takeaways were from this episode, what you're going to try. I love to hear it. Next week, we are talking all about creating a social media posting plan specifically for right here, right now, 2022. So this is an outdated information. So you'll want to tune into that episode next week. I'll see you on social media in the meantime. Bye for now. Bye.